Welcome everybody to this very special edition of Zeta Global Radio. I am your host, Lainey Savante Walken, and I am absolutely thrilled today with our special guests. For many of you who listen to this show, and I know many of you walk all different levels of your spiritual path and involvement, so most of you know this incredible being, Dr. Judith Orloff, and for those of you who don't, I'm absolutely thrilled to share a lot about her today that will open your mind to getting a better perspective on some of the things that may be happening in your life and to see how they apply to you. Dr. Orloff is a New York Times bestselling author of The Empath's Survival Guide, Life Strategies for Sensitive People. And we're going to talk all day about what an empath is. Not, not only that, Dr. Olaf is a psychiatrist. She herself is an empath, and she is on the UCLA Psychiatric Clinical Faculty. She's been on numerous shows, TV, radio, the works, and we are thrilled to have her here. So welcome to the show, Dr. Judith Orloff. Thank you. I'm happy to be talking to you. Yeah, I am absolutely thrilled. And I'm always thrilled when I speak to somebody who speaks from experience themselves, when they can draw from uh, a, a subject, a discipline that relates and resonates entirely as being one. So I thought maybe for the ones who are getting familiar now for the first time with your work, for those who know you, maybe just to give a little bit of a thumbnail sketch of your vast background and then maybe talk about what we're going to talk about today and then we'll dive deep into this whole hour on your new book and of course your upcoming uh, eight-week online course, which is also the same subject matter. That sounds great. Um, well, I'm a psychiatrist um, at UCLA. I also have a private practice in Los Angeles and I'm an empath. And so I have traditional psychiatric training which I value highly, and since I've been a little girl, I've been an empath, and an empath is somebody who is very open to the world. They don't have the usual boundaries or filters that other people have, and so empaths feel everything. Um, And what I didn't understand as a child was that I would go into shopping malls or crowded places, and I'd go in feeling fine, and walk out with some kind of ache or pain I didn't have before. I literally took it on or feeling anxious or depressed. And so I didn't realize as an empathic child I was an emotional sponge because empaths are sponges for other people's emotions and energy and physical symptoms. And so I grew up with this ability, and my mother, who was a doctor who loved me, just said, oh, no, dear, just develop a thicker skin. Mm-hmm. As a child, it's very hard to hear that because you feel like there's something wrong with you. I think I've heard that many times before, and I'm sure people out there could relate to that because the sensitivities we feel, we don't know how to identify them. And so people like to put their own judgment on it. <laughs> yeah, lots of judgment. I mean, lots of judgment. And so I grew up believing there was something wrong with me and I needed to fix something inside of myself, which isn't true. Um, and so as, as an empathic child, I had fantasies that a spaceship would come and land in my front yard to take me to my true home, to my true family of people who would get me. Yeah. You know? And that's very common for empaths to feel because they have these abilities to sense energy and they have this very highly developed intuition. So sometimes empaths, the last chapter of the Empath Survival Guide is about intuitive empaths where some empaths are able to um, pick up a lot of intuitive information, either telepathically or they're able to be animal empaths and commune with animals or earth empaths and commune with the earth and get information about the earth or dream empaths, of which I am too. When you said that you had the, you know, this from a little girl, for those who are learning now about what being an empath is and suddenly going, wow, I really relate to this, Are we born, are some people, we're already coming to the planet. We're already born with this consciousness of being an empath, or is it something we develop and, you know, we're activated? I mean, that's a question I think people want to know. Can I suddenly become empathic now that I've had a spiritual awakening? Or is there a process for what we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's all of the above, where a lot of babies are just born empathic, and they come out, they're so sensitive. You know, compared, I mean, all babies are sensitive, but some are just wide open to the world. And so they're born as, as empaths, 
whereas others can develop it. What I've seen on my book tour for the Empath Survival Guide is that more and more people as adults are becoming empaths when they weren't before because of the incredible stress in the world that we're inundated with. And because everybody's inundated with all the stress and horrific events that happen and constant you know, horror of what happens in the, in the world, their defenses are getting broken down, and so they're becoming new empaths as adults, which is really interesting to me. Um, because their usual defenses are not there anymore, so they're feeling everything. And let's say they can't watch the news because it just hurts them too much. Whereas before they could watch the news and it was upsetting, but it didn't hurt them like it really deep gut hurt that happens to empaths. Well, I have to say, uh, reading your book, I mean, I think you had me by the first few sentences a chapter I was like this is me and then I was showing it to my husband and he said oh this is me and you know we said oh this is a defining the two of us uh to the nth degree so it was such a wonderful epiphany and I thought well spirit always knows what's you know what's best so to have you come into our field and on the show it's like okay we're really going to talk about something really great because when we um when I think about all you know the years of me being around sensitive being sensitive around people I keep thinking well I'm just such a chameleon I could just resonate and relate to everybody I mean has that come up in the field that someone can just know everybody because they're so they're 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 tapping into their the sensitive energies of others I I think that comes up a lot yes that's that's exactly what empaths do where they're emotional sponges and they can tap into the energy of others the world of energy of subtle energy which is called chi in Chinese medicine or shakti, empaths feel that intensely. So they can feel other people's energy. Not only that, they absorb it. And so that's just an empath world. But unfortunately, if you don't have the vocabulary to define it, then you don't understand what it is. And there's a chapter in the book on empaths and health. And I feel that it's a travesty how empaths are misdiagnosed in our conventional health care system because traditional medicine doesn't believe in subtle energy so they don't have that context to say oh you're absorbing energy into your own body here's a technique how not to do that or how to take care of yourself they don't have that whole context so you know my goal as a psychiatrist in the system is to really educate other healthcare practitioners about how to diagnose empaths yes otherwise they get over medicated pathologized Um, get various diagnoses such as chronic anxiety disorder, chronic depression, agoraphobia, um, chronic fatigue, and and all the autoimmune diseases such as adrenal fatigue and Hashimoto's thyroiditis, all of that can be related to being an empath because when an empath is on sensory overload, they have stress hormones coming in their system, which decreases their immunity. And that's just what happens. And empaths get on sensory overload a lot if they don't have tools how not to do that. And that's why I wanted to offer people in this book tools to avoid sensory overload as much as you can and take control of your stress hormones so that you don't let them run out of control and put you on overload and then decrease your immunity so that, you know, creates all kinds of disease. Well, I think that's very powerful, uh, obviously very powerful and compelling, and I know that we have a whole hour we're going to probably dig a little deeper into those strategies and tools. So many times uh, I read books and they identify you, uh, but they, but you need the next step. It's like now that I finally have this epiphany of like, yeah, I, I this is who I am. Um, now, what do I do with it? And you go to such incredible lengths in chapter by chapter on a variety of uh, topics that we'll get into later in the show about that. So I just wanted to uh, acknowledge you for that. And there's a quote that stood out for me in what we've talked about so far that you said two things. One is you said, there is no membrane that separates us from the world. And I I love that so much because I'm always talking about the veil. And But, you know, hearing that from you is just, it really just aligned for me. Right. It's all subtle energy language that we're talking here. 
it's very subtle, and empaths will understand it. Non-empaths probably won't have a clue what you're talking about. If you're an empath and you want to understand yourself, here's some language to help you. And I just want to say there are, two, there are different types of empaths. There are physical empaths, and these are people who are especially attuned to other people's physical symptoms and tend to absorb them into their own bodies. Um, so this can be, you can pick up somebody's anxiety or you can become energized by someone's sense of well-being. You see, it can go either way. And then there are emotional empaths where you mainly pick up people's emotions and you could become a sponge for their feelings, both happy and sad. And then there are intuitive empaths that I mentioned before where you have extraordinary perceptual abilities and you can sense you know, telepathically, intuitively, and know things via your gut and your intuition um, that maybe other people don't know. So they're physical empaths, emotional empaths, and intuitive empaths. And then a a subset of all that, there can be introverted empaths or extroverted empaths. Most empaths are pretty quiet and introverted. But, you know, I want to say there's some empaths that are extroverted empaths where they love going out into social situations. They still need their alone time, but while they're out, they just love it. They have this joy of, of interacting, whereas introverted empaths such as myself are a little more reluctant, you know, where I wouldn't go, you know, to a large stadium, to a rock concert at this point. It would demolish mm-hmm. my system. You know, at the level of sensitivity I have right now, it just would be painful for me. Whereas extroverted empaths might be able to do that. They have a bit of a different perception. So although most empaths are introverts, there are some, if you're listening, if you're an extrovert, you know, you love your party time and you really look forward to it, that you can be an empath too. And the way to know if you're an empath is take the self-assessment test in the beginning of the book. We're going to just take a quick break. When we come back, we could talk more about that. And then I also want to get into a little bit more of uh, some definitions of terms that come up in the book and and kind of define those more for people. Uh, You're listening to Zeta Global Radio. We'll be back in a moment with Dr. Judith Orloff. Welcome to the Natural Awakenings New Mexico September Yoga and Graceful Aging Issue. This month, international yogi Rodney Yee leads the way with his strategies about staying on track, plus we highlight local yoga studios who are sharing their philosophies, workshops, and classes. Our feature article was about ways of graceful aging, supported by Dr. Joan Borisenko, a pioneer in the field of integrative medicine who gives practical, healthy lifestyle advice. Mystical scholar and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey shares his passionate thoughts on what it takes to be a conscious elder. In addition, an exclusive interview with Malika Chopra about a path to intent, wisdom healing Qigong, flotation tanks, and many local news pieces and events. Pick up your free copy now. For guidance on marketing your business and a cost-effective way to reach thousands of readers, please email publisher at naturalawakeningsnnm.com or call Andrea at 505-999-1319. Have you always wanted to learn how to meditate but don't know what to do with all the thinking? Do you wish you knew how to transcend the negative voices of your perfectionism, procrastination, anxiety, and critical self-talk? Do you have a creative project in mind but don't know where or how to start or are lacking inspiration? Spiritual and creativity coach Hallie Bourne with over 25 years of experience can support you in finding more productive ways to care for your sensitive soul and your need to create. Unveil the ways your ego is sabotaging you and reorient towards your strengths to disempower your weaknesses. Turn your creativity into a spiritual path that infuses your life with meaning and fulfillment. Visit Hallie's website at HallieBorn.com or call for a consultation at 505-249-4981 and get started with your inspired life today. Welcome back to Zeta Global Radio. If you are just tuning in, we are here with Dr. Judith Orloff and talking about the whole entire uh, topic 
on what it is to be an impact. And if you're just tuning in, we highly encourage you to go back to the first segment where we were discussing really what it is to be an empath, uh, Dr. Orloff's book, The Empath Survival Guide. And we were just tailing off where we were talking about how you can take self-assessment. So go ahead. Why don't you follow up about that, Dr. Orloff? Because I know that's important for people to take those uh, tests to get a sense of who they are. Yes, in the beginning of the book, there's a self-assessment test that you can take to see if you're an empath and whether you're a full-fledged empath, a moderate, or slight empath. And you can self-diagnose yourself just by taking these questions. And the questions include, have I been labeled as, quote, overly sensitive all my life in a derogatory way? Do crowds Mm -hmm. drain me and do I need alone time to revive myself? Do I often feel like I don't fit in? Do noise, smells, or nonstop talkers overstimulate me? Do I prefer taking my own car places so I can leave early if I need to? Am I afraid of becoming suffocated by intimate relationships? So those are just a few in terms of questions that you can ask yourself. You know, am I an empath? Do I identify with that? Am I overwhelmed in crowds? Do I replenish myself with alone time? Do I go on sensory overload if I don't have alone time? So these are all pretty common to empaths. So you can take the self-assessment test and just get a sense of how much of an empath you are. Mm, Terrific. And then once they determine the level, uh, the level that they are, then are their next steps. There's a companion audio called Essential Tools for Empaths, which I read. And they're talking about topics in the book, but also I lead people through meditations that are not in the book and strategies that are not in the book. So the audible version, I don't read. There's a reader. But Essential Tools for Empaths is an audio program that I do read, and that's a companion for the book. It's not the audio book. You actually sparked my interest because I saw on there that the, I think it's the book, the the companion is what people use to, to do empathic study groups. Is this correct? No, there's a, a section in the book on how to start um, an empath support group using the empath survival guide you know, as a study tool. And that's in the book. Um, I also have an empath support community on Facebook where there's a document with, where people put their names and emails in different cities and countries around the world. So if you wanted to add your name to that, you could connect to other people or just do it on your own because it, the empath support groups are popping up all over this country and the world, and it's so heartening to me as people are gathering together you know, in groups of three, five, ten, twenty, you know, and supporting one another as you don't want to be alone in this journey. The, the beauty, you know, of being an empath is we could connect to kindred spirits, and I wanted the book to be a link for everyone who's sensitive to come together and understand themselves and share with a group. Empaths don't usually like large groups, but just find a size that's good for you, and if you started an empath group, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I think that would be great. It it occurred to me as I was reading through your book that uh, there were so many different terms, uh, ones I, I'm familiar with, but I realized that there. I'd love to maybe just touch on a few of them for the ones who are listening in and may have heard these terminologies before but weren't quite sure and then could really actually ground that in, you know, with your definition of it, if that's okay. And obviously it goes along with what we're talking about, uh, different energies and stuff. So let's start with the first one, energy vampires. In, in, you know, what is an energy vampire? Well, there's a chapter in the book on combating narcissists and other energy vampires. Energy vampires are people who suck your energy dry. And when you're around them, suddenly your energy takes a dip and you start mm-hmm. feeling tired, your eyelids get heavy, you might start feeling sick or anxious or angry or something worse than what you felt before. And so you need to be intuitively aware of those changes in your body around people. So it's important to identify energy vampires in your life and develop strategies on how to deal with them so they don't steal your energy. And there's tips on doing that. I think people don't realize how often that happens. I know many of us, we've done shows on 
being narcissistic and having um, uh, many of these people sort of bamboozle you or uh, gaslight you. We've had even discussions on that. So all of that rolls into uh, energy vampires. Well, moving on from that, let's talk about what earthing is. As an empath, I depend on earthing. I, I hate wearing shoes. I only wear shoes when I go out um, or, or when I hike. I need shoes. But earthing is where you can get your body close to the earth. You could be barefoot on grass. You can... Um, you know, be totally naked on the earth, you know, depending on, you know, where you're at and what you can do. But just get your body close to the earth because that lets you exchange electrons with the earth and it helps to ground empaths. Because empaths don't want to stay stuck in their head. They want to come down into their body and connect to the energy, powerful energy of Mother Earth every day. Every day, and so earthing is one of the meditation tools that I talk about in the online empath course that I'm giving starting September 27th, which is on my website. Um, and it's something to practice every day. It's quite pleasurable. Where you know, I just love getting my feet on the ground. Or sometimes, you know, I have a garden, so I put my hands in the earth. It's very grounding to an empath. Earthing. I love it. And that's actually one of your 14 strategies to combat toxic energy, which I was hoping we could talk about in the next segment. You know, I, I picked out a few of my favorites, but earthing was one of them, but I have a few more. And um, it would be great to just share some of those with our audience. What is an empathic overload? Empathic overload is when too much is coming at you too fast and you're starting to feel anxious, overloaded, just like you can't any more person talking to you or sound or light, nothing. You just want to shut down because you're going too fast, and that's a danger zone for empaths. And personally, I know how painful empathic overload can be, and so the strategy is to not let yourself get there. But life as it is, sometimes you do your best and you get there because, you, you know, things happen that you don't plan. And so whenever you go on empathic overload, you know, what I do is I go into a room, I get very quiet, I decrease all stimuli, maybe I'll close the curtains and I'll meditate or I'll take a bath or I'll just slow everything down. And it might take an hour, it might take a weekend. It depends how much you've gone over your line. But that's, that's the way to do it. You can't function or make decisions when you're on overload because nothing will seem doable. So that just as a warning for empaths not to get to that place if you can but, or catch it in the early stages so you can just go, go do the three-minute heart meditation that I suggest in the book to breathe and begin to bring down that overload because overload is essentially cortisol and adrenaline, the stress hormones bombarding you. You know, and you don't want that because then you can't think straight and you certainly aren't going to make good emotional decisions because everything feels like too much. Mm-hmm. Got it. And it's interesting, I was thinking when you were saying that in Overload tied in with energy vampires, I know you've mentioned that several times in the book, is this mine, is this somebody else's? Like to, you know, kind of do that 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 assessment is this my energy? Is there a part there too if you took that a step further if it if we're determining it's someone else's energy, can we say is it them or are they being psychically attacked or is there an entity or is there some sort of you know discordant energies? I mean, is it are people able to really assess that or it actually doesn't matter? I mean, I just think about the nth degree. Is this is this really this person or is it are they being sort of infiltrated? So if you're intuitively aware, you have to notice, and I do in each interaction. Because I don't want to over, you know, stay a long time with somebody who's sucking me dry. That's for whatever reason. I mean, I don't even know why they're sucking me dry half the time, but I know I want to get away from them, so I do. Um, so you just have to listen intuitively to your body. Who gives you energy? That's a beautiful part of being an empath. Is that when you're around positive energy people with a lot of heart presence, your energy goes up around them. But if you're around, let's say, a chronic talker. Um, a narcissist, a victim mentality, 
a passive aggressive person, a drama queen, those are or king, and those are types of energy vampires I write about in the book. How to identify them and what to do about them. So you have to cut them sh- as short as possible, so that you don't spend too much time around them and. Really go through an inventory in your life, and if you can, get rid of the ones that don't need to be there. I mean, I had a hairstylist once who, you know, just every time I went there, her lights were horrible, the lighting that made me look horrible, and she kept talking about aging and how horrible aging is, and I finally said to myself, why do I have to keep subjecting myself to this? You know, go Mm -hmm. to someone where the lights are great, and you'll be talking about beautiful things. So I did. So I, you know, I cut her out. But you can't cut out everybody, you know. But you do. You cut out the ones that are not essential. You know, you don't want to just keep going for loyalty. I'm a very loyal person, so I'll just keep going, maybe to my detriment. So I, I've learned how to, you know, stop that. That's not a healthy habit for an empath. Sure. But you, you, you can't second guess yourself. A lot of my patients second guess themselves. Where they could be around, let's say. I don't know, a corporate CEO who runs this great company, has everything going for him, and, you know, it's nice, is you know, everything going for the person. But around them, your energy goes down. You know, you don't feel good. You feel toxic. You see, so your mind is going, what's wrong with you? But your intuition is going, this person isn't good for you for whatever reason. So sure. I really encourage you to trust your intuition. Beautiful. We'll be back in a moment with Dr. Judith Orloff. Spiritual Communities Network, where we honor the uniqueness in our oneness. Visit our website to meet our vast spiritual community of healers, therapists, conscious events, and activities. Visit and check out our directory, upcoming retreats, workshops, products, free videos, and much more. Many services are available globally by phone, Skype, and other sources of media. You'll also find more information on how you can be a member to promote the work you're doing in the world. Visit us now at spiritualcommunitiesnetwork.com. Nourish yourself, mind, body, and soul at Southwest Florida's premier collective of therapists and healers at Escape to Paradise and Trice Massage Therapy, a sacred and nurturing spa to relax and rejuvenate your spirit. Receive a holistic healing facial, detoxifying body wrap, Reiki treatment, or choose from a variety of massage therapies to replenish, revitalize, and renew your body into total wellness. By appointment only, and located just over the bridge at 1718 Cape Coral Parkway, see their Facebook specials online today, and visit their full menu of services to book an escape at sparadise.skincaretherapy.net. The Sun, Wheel of Fortune, High Priestess, or The Hangman. If you're one of the thousands of tarot enthusiasts out there, you know these are just a few of the major arcana in a tarot deck. Also known as cartomancy, reading a tarot, Lenormand, Kipper, and Oracle decks are as popular as they ever were and even becoming more mainstream in today's modern world. We now invite you to delve further into this ancient practice by reading our quarterly printed magazine called The Cardamancer. Filled with interviews, product reviews, in-depth articles, and art, The Cardamancer has something for everyone from beginner to professional. Our subscription-only magazine can be found at thecardamancer.com. And right now, we're offering ZGR listeners a special sneak peek at one of our digital issues. Just log on to thecardamancer.com slash ZGR, all caps, and enjoy a copy today. Welcome back to Zeta Global Radio. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing on your Saturday our time here with Dr. Judith Orloff, talking about empathy, talking about being an empath, and we're now actually sharing what's really, really special. Not only do we get to um, understand how we could be affected by other people, but now we have strategies to kind of move that energy out, that toxic energy out. But Dr. Orloff, you wanted to talk about a quote that was special to you and off air. I loved it. So let's start with that and we'll get into some of these strategies. Okay. Well, one of my heroes, a Nobel physicist, Stephen Hawking, said, the quality I would most like to magnify is empathy. It brings us together in a peaceful, loving state. And this is a man who has studied space, time, 
all realities, and that's what he comes up with, and it's so, so touching to me. And then His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, says, I opened the book with this, our innate capacity for empathy is the source of the most precious of all human qualities. So I think it's really important to, to note that Stephen Hawking and the Dalai Lama both said this. You know, if you have heroes in the world, you know, as I do, these two men, and, and there are many women also who have said, Oprah says it all the time. You know, but these two men have said it so powerfully that empathy is the quality we need to develop. I love it. We had uh, a dear friend, filmmaker Leon Stuperich, he did the Dalai Lama documentary, The Road to Peace, and he's always quoting His Holiness, his brilliance, and just every time it just settles so warmly into my heart space when I think about him, and he's on the show a lot, and um, I'm so glad you started off the book that way. You actually... um, wrote something that I loved and early on in the book it said if you feel as if you don't fit in this world it's because you're here to create a better one and I just my heart just went woo because it's really it feels like and in hopefully you you'll answer this or that this is true but it feels like when people become an empath there's almost um there's a gift as being almost like a way shower or you know we're here to support humanity by having this gift of understanding people so well i don't know i don't um you know that's my sense of it i just wondered what yours were based on the quote that you wrote i think that's so true you know sometimes people go through suffering in childhood or being misunderstood so that they could grow into the power of that gift whatever it is and certainly with empaths who haven't been supported as children and they come into their gift as adults it's to help the world it's to help yourself your family and people around you, but the world needs empathy more than ever, and I feel that empaths are here to save the world. I feel really strongly about it, that once empaths get a hang of not taking on all the negativity and stress of others, then they could really shine in their qualities of intuition, empathy, love, connection, depth, um, you know, all kinds of creativity that empaths can shine in that, and we need that more than ever now. Mm, no, so well said, so well said. I, I think about just right now um, projects that come forward, just about everyone I know fit that criteria. If they're serving humanity, they're an empath. If they don't know they're an empath, they need to read your book. <laughs> I mean, it really, you've really succinctly have explained to them. In fact, somebody I worked with just last night, I said, you need to read this book. This is who you are. And I think that you've brought forward, you know, sort of this, um, this quiet conversation, like you're saying that the medical community doesn't quite have that paradigm fully and you know and flow yet and that's sort of the breakthrough work that you're doing so couldn't be at a better time so hats off to you miss dr orloff <laughs> really yeah really so we were we were just starting to talk on the last uh, segment about uh strategies to combat toxic energy and you have 14 and all 14 were were terrific and i think you mentioned earlier about how wonderful for you and and that would be my top favorite actually as well was that detoxing in water and how important that is and you had said something about is it because of the the the, like chemically h2o or it resonates with us or is it just the clearing of the energies well the, the three top clearers are meditation water and breath for me i mean those are the three go to clearing uh, techniques and so water is one of them because the minute you get in water it washes away negative energy it's clearing it's powerful it allows you to recenter yourself and relax and so I suggest for empaths let's say after a toxic business meeting you know just even wash your hands or splash water on your face just to get near water water is the friend of empaths and I, I live on the water and I am close to the ocean and it's always been a really key element in my well-being. And a lot of empaths share that. So, you know, taking a bath, a shower, and I would say luxuriate in it. You know, really don't just pop in and out, but just let yourself. 
be taken by water. Like make ceremony out of it, really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do it every night in my bath. And luckily I have a window in my bathroom, and so the moonlight comes through on the water, which for me is magic. When in doubt, if you're going on overload, just begin to breathe consciously. Breathe in to a count of six, very slow. One, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, hold it. And then exhale to a count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then hold it. And you could do three rounds of that, and that will begin to slow down your system, decrease your adrenaline, and start pumping those endorphins, the pleasure hormones, that relax you and, and calm you. So those are, you know, really the breath is so important. When in doubt, just do some deep breathing and don't hold your breath because when you're, let's say, around an energy vampire and you hold your breath, you're holding in all that toxic energy in your body. So you want to circulate it. You want it out. So the breath is very important. Mm, that's beautiful. You also uh, mentioned, um, we could talk about all of them, but we unfortunately won't have time for that today and I want everyone to go directly to uh, your website. Let's give them your website right now so they can pick up a copy of your book. Okay, the website is drjudithorloff.com, and you can register for my online empath support course, which is starting on the 27th of September for eight weeks, once a week, one hour a week, and there's a replay if you can't make it live. So it's about educating and supporting empaths. We'll go through health, we'll go through relationships, We'll go through work. We'll go through intuition. So every major topic that empaths need to deal with, we'll devote a session to. Um, and so the website is drjudithorloff.com. Thank you for that. I'm there. I really, really would love to be part of that. You mentioned cord cutting, and there's uh, that's a big topic. We always say you got to cut that cord, and sometimes we say it just kind of cavalier you know but that's really you it's a really important piece and you mentioned it as one of your strategies can we just touch on that in the few minutes we have in this segment left well one of the the strategies especially in dealing with narcissists is to practice cord cutting if you want to end a relationship with a narcissist somebody who is me 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 um everything's about them they're not capable of empathy. They have an empathy deficient disorder, so they're not good mates or partners for empaths. And I'll go into this much in much greater depth in the book because there's a toxic attraction between empaths and narcissists that needs to be dealt with. And so if you're an empath listening, you know, I'd really like your attention here because it can save you a lot of heartache you know, if you learn how to set good limits and boundaries and not get involved with narcissists if you can't help it. You know, if you can help it, don't get involved with them. Um, and if you are involved with them then um, and you want to end the relationship, then the cord cutting would be helpful. And what a cord cutting exercise is, you can do a full-on cord cutting where you picture light going between you and your, the other person and then you thank the, the forces that be your spirit for the lessons you've learned from that person and then say inwardly, I am ready to release this person completely and totally from my life. And then visualize taking a scissors, cutting the cord of light, and feeling it recoil into the other person and into you. And then say thank you, and then walk the opposite direction. Don't look back if you're doing a full cord cutting. As if you look back, like with narcissists, or they can, you know, get you back with one charming comment, don't, don't allow it. You can't allow any of it in. So you have to have a total cord cutting. But there's also a different kind of cord cutting, a partial cord cutting that I suggest empaths use when they want to cut a cord between a particular quality uh, of the person. For instance, my mother was a very anxious person and I took on some of her anxiety, so my cord cutting wouldn't be to cut off my mother. I don't want to do that, but I want to cut the cord between me and her anxiety so I can let it all go. Whatever I've absorbed as a child, I cut the cord. I visualize the cord between 
me and her and the anxiety and then cut that cord and feel it recoil. You see, so you could do specific cord cuttings or complete. But if you're going to do a complete cord cutting, that's a very serious matter. So you want to really consider it because it works. And, you know, you will be done with that relationship then. And I just want to mention, I know we uh, need to take a break right here, but I do encourage everyone to go look into the book for the other remaining strategies, as well as you, you, you spoke very specifically about wonderful tips for traveling um, by plane, being in airports, being around crowds. So I highly encourage everybody to take uh, a, a look at that chapter. We're going to take another break here, and we'll be back with one final segment with Dr. Judith Orloff. Hi everyone, Lainey Savante Wilkin here. Join me on September 23rd as I'll have a booth at Spirit University's third annual Mystical Bazaar taking place from 11 to 5 in Sarasota, Florida. Join us for a magical day of mystical connections and experiences. There'll be lectures, live performances, roving entertainers, and an entire marketplace of vendors, psychic readers, healers, tarot crystals, jewelry, and so much more. I cannot wait. Tickets are only $5 and can be purchased at mysticalbazaar2017.com. Look forward to seeing you there. Hi everyone, Lainey Savante Walken here, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about a female networking group that I've been involved with for many years now. And if you've been looking to connect with other fellow women owners and executives, both locally in your city or across the country, please consider Fem City. It is an incredible network founded by Violet Day Ayala. They have over 100,000 women with chapters in most major cities nationwide in Canada. Fem City focuses on growing all of our businesses. It's an incredible, vast network for and by members who are experts in health and wellness, spiritual, cultural and lifestyle, financial, corporate fields, media, so much more. Business for your soul is the tagline. It's just incredible. I love it. I know you'll love it. I'm a global lifetime member. I hope you check it out. Visit them today at femcity.com and learn how you can become part of an organization that continues to soar and expand so you can too. Welcome back to Zeta Global Radio and this is your host, Lainey Savante Wolken with Dr. Judith Orloff. We are talking as you've been joining us all day with this wonderful topic on being an empath and I'm wondering how many of you are raising your hand right now and wondering no longer if you are an empath and a good part of the book was so uh, so detailed in talking about how us empaths operate whether it's related to um, addictions addictions of food, of sex, of drugs, how these things come into our field and what makes an empath drawn to these. So I thought that was important. And before you shed some light on that, Dr. Orloff, I had written down this wonderful quote you had written, you had said about impasse and addictions. The spirit within me is greater than any addiction or fear. I am not my fear. I am larger. So I'm just want to start it off with that and let you take it away with this very important topic that I think, I believe, affects many, many of us empaths, one way or another. Yeah, well, there's a chapter in the book on empaths and addiction, and it's a really vital topic for many empaths to deal with because many empaths are prone to addictions, whether it's substances, um, alcohol, drugs, food, sex, shopping, jetting, workaholism, whatever it is, empaths are prone to addiction because they are self-medicating their sensory overload, trying to squash it. Now, basically, that's the dynamic. They're trying to cut it down so it's not so overwhelming. And, you know, unfortunately, that that doesn't work. It's It's a very dysfunctional way of dealing with feeling overwhelmed on a sensory level. And so it's important if you're an empath to learn other techniques and other strategies rather than turning to drink, drugs, sex, or another addictive behavior. And as I share in the book, I've been in 12-step programs for almost 29 years now. And so it's been really an important part of my recovery, you know, to be able to have a 12-step program and the support and work a spiritual program, to be able to learn how to be an empowered empath and not turn to substances, you know, or relationships, whatever you turn to. 
And so it's important to identify, am I an empath and do I turn to addictive behaviors to help make myself feel better? You know, really an important thing to be honest with yourself about because as a psychiatrist in my private practice, I treat a lot of empaths in recovery. And it's funny, one of them in, my, in the empath group that I run on Facebook, you know, said, uh, my name is, is Julie. I am an empath. <laughs> <laughs> Are there self-assessments for that to see if these, you know, which area is your addiction and... Um or maybe there's several, or it's just saying that most of, most empaths suffer with addiction. Yeah, they're quizzes to determine, you know, are you a food addict, for one thing. It's a lot of empaths, and not a lot, but some empaths are obese because they tend to put on weight in order to buffer the negative energy they're absorbing, and they don't realize this. So the empathic element overeating is really important so you can learn other strategies to protect yourself other than putting, you know, gaining fat in your body. You know, it is true that fat and mass stops negative energy from coming in, you know, you're feeling it, but it's not a healthy coping mechanism. So, I mean, one quick tip is just to put a meditation pillow by your refrigerator so before you open it, you can sit and meditate and breathe and center yourself on your own. You center your own energy. You have to learn how to do that through meditation or through sitting, through breathing, you know, rather than turning to a chocolate pie to make you feel more centered. You see, it's about learning to go inward and breathe and meditate, which has a better effect than that chocolate pie. You see, but the, the programming over many years for empaths is just go to the sugar and suddenly you'll feel better, you'll have less tension, less overload. And it's not a healthy way to deal with it, to look at food as a way to treat, self-medicate your overload. Mm. I wrote a book in for children, and the main message is, all you ever needed is already inside. And I think that's the main message you're sharing, how important it is that we have it all there. It's just finding ways to transfer some of that. It's important to have support, you know, like your radio show, like empath support groups, so you can talk about this with other people because there's a lot of shame over, let's say, empaths who are addicts or empaths who are really obese or, you know, empaths who can't get in a relationship because they're so afraid of being suffocated and overwhelmed, you know. These topics that I talk about in the book also need to be talked about with human beings who are supportive and loving uh, to help you understand it, to love yourself, and to find strategies to make things comfortable for you. You know, to make, how do you make a relationship comfortable? You know, how do you express your authentic empath needs? How do you carve out enough alone time? You know, how do you carve out your own sleep time if you don't particularly want to sleep with your mate? You know, or, or you know, sleep with him or her a couple times a week versus seven days a week. I mean, there are all kinds of strategies that you can learn from the book, but you need to keep an open mind, let go of self-judgment or thinking you're, quote, weird, what society says. You know, it's not true. And you just have to find your own way with this, what feels good for you in terms of um, you know, what will make a loving relationship work because empaths can't deal with too much togetherness. It just overwhelms them. Well, and then also what you were saying about the medical community, or at least at this point in time, that we still have this alternative community that you can go to healers and practitioners, and then there's these wonderful hybrids, few of them, like you're saying, that can be um, expanding upon their Western medicine um, MD uh, uh business acumen and, and you know it's just how to bring it all forward where there's a new paradigm taking place that these are real realities so what these addictions are, are not being served but really the um the being as you know the empath is that is what's being served i think that's is what's so important is the need just like radio shows and books and you know incredible beings like you bringing this info forward it's bringing more forward at the doctors being able to understand there's a 
much bigger um, group of us out there. Definitely, and I, I, it's not totally for sure, but I think I'm speaking at the American Psychiatric Association next year. But wouldn't that be totally amazing? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sending good light for that. <laughs> Thank you. So just in the few minutes left, if we could touch back on the course, because I just want to uh, let people know, um, or ask, I'll ask you, is it for anybody? They don't have to be any certain level. You know, just tell us a little bit more about the course again, and then we can wrap up with any last thoughts from you. I'm offering an empath support course starting September 27th, and it's for empaths. It's for highly sensitive people. It's for anyone who cares about an empath and wants to understand, you know, the empath more, or just in general, if you want to be educated about what is an empath, if, if you're an employer and you want to understand your employees better. Now, it's just a, you know, a course to educate the public about empaths and sensitivity, and it's also for healthcare professionals. It's, we're offering eight continuing education credits for healthcare professionals so they can get credit for taking the course with their professional organization um, and how healthcare professionals can be empathic and loving and not take on their patient stress. You know, how do you do that, you know, so you don't burn out? So anyways, the course is for all those people and anyone just interested in developing more empathy you know, without burning out and how to stop absorbing other people's stress and learning how to be in your heart in a much more empowered way without always being afraid of being drained. You know, when you have these tools as an empath, which I want to present in the course, you'll walk away after the eight-week course feeling much more empowered and, and really ready to utilize empathy in a, in a strong, centered way. And it's one hour a week. Um, it's on Wednesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific time. But if you can't make it live, because I know people from all around the, the world are joining, um, then you could just get a live replay uh, at any time. So just go back and listen to the replay. It's always available. Terrific. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're really bringing forward out. Again, we, we've talked about uh, new paradigm thinking, and, and I'm so grateful that you're here doing it and been doing it a while. And it's just been a real pleasure having you here on the show with me today. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be on. Again, you can uh, check out the book, The Impasse Survival Guide, Life Strategies for Sensitive People. Both, we have an Amazon link on our Zeta Global Radio store, as well as go check out everything. She has a plethora of information at drjudithorloff.com. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today and being a part of this experience and i look forward to getting some feedback from you and letting us know how this show impacted you in all the world that you are now learning about in the world of empathy i am Lainey savante walken and i wish you a blessed week 